you, here you have a, a young, young boy, young man, not young boy, young man, who comes to his father and says, and, and think about this, he's in, his, he's in his father's home. He's living with his dad, he's, he's living at home. We know that this is, this is a, an incredible place to live. I mean, they've got servants and, and, and the servants have servants kind of place to live. Like this is a, uh, uh, they, have a they have plenty. Father, who knows what his job was or, you know, what caused them to have so much wealth and significance, but they had it. And the young son comes to his dad and says to his dad, I don't like it here. I need to go experience life for myself. So can you give me all my money, everything that belongs to me? and give it to me so so I can just go explore. I'm not going to preach on this, but but I think it it just it's necessary to say that sometimes we we miss the blessings that are right in front of us. Sometimes a lack of gratitude causes us to miss the very thing that we need. I'll say that again. A lack of gratitude causes us to miss the very thing that we need. He ended back up at the father's house. He, he ended up back there after realizing that, that it wasn't the efforts on his own that were going to satisfy him. So he goes out. He spends all that he has. He wastes it. We don't know how much money it is but we get the idea that it was probably a significant amount. And he spends it and he wastes it all. And that wasn't the end of it. The Bible says if you read the story in Luke chapter 15, he wanted more. He sold everything that he had. He lost it all. You see, there's a reality that's kind of playing out in this passage that, that all of us are going to spend everything that we have on something. You, we learned this weekend, you're not leaving, you're not leaving this earth with anything. <laughs> so you're going to spend all that you have. I'm not talking about frivolously spending your money. But your, your life is going to be used up in one way or the other. He was using up his life on his earthly pleasures and it still wasn't enough. Now I could stop and preach there. That, that, that it wasn't enough, that he would spend everything that he had. He spent every penny that he had on finding pleasure in this life, and it still didn't work. Do you hear me this morning? You can, you can waste all that you have and still not find pleasure and satisfaction. You see, you and I were created for our Father's house. You were born. You were made to live and to dwell and to find pleasure in the Father's house. You were made to, to find your satisfaction and delight. It's not that, it's not that pleasure is evil. It, nowhere in Scripture do we see that, that pleasure and happiness are evil. We see throughout Scripture that God fills us with pleasure and happiness. That He is 
our delight, that He is our joy, that He is our happiness, that He's our pleasure. So you can spend your life and all that you have to find pleasure and delight, to only learn and discover it doesn't work. And he, did, he couldn't find it. And so what did he do? He sold himself into slavery. If I can't find pleasure and success in spending all the money, then I need to go sell myself to work for people and try to find more. Because it's not working. There's got to be something else. There's got to be more. And at some point, he comes to his senses when he realizes he's hanging out with the pigs. Does it have to get that bad? Does it, does it have to get that bad when, when you have to get to the pig slop to realize that you're not going to find happiness anywhere else? Does it, does it have to get, I mean, let's just talk to believers for a moment. Does it have to get that bad where you separate yourself and, and live in fear and anxiety and worry and, and, and distance yourself and all of these things? Does it have to get that bad where you find yourself isolated in the pig slop before you realize you were made for something greater? What I'm afraid is happening in the world around us. And this, is not, uh, this isn't isolated to Akron, Ohio. This is happening all around is that in this sifting that's happening is that people are isolating and they're finding themselves in a spiritual pig pen. What they used to have in order, what they used to have in delight, what they used to find joy in is now a mess. And they wonder why. Because they've sold themselves to something other than the Father's house. And so he, he sells himself into slavery. He's eating with the pigs. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse 17, that he came to himself. Have you ever been in the middle of life where you just weren't with yourself? Have you ever been there where, you, where at some point you realize, I haven't, I really haven't been with myself. I've been, I've been acting contrary to how I even believe. I've been, I've been living contrary to, to, to the very things that I even believe or think. I, I, I just haven't been myself lately. Ever been there? I, I've, I've been, I've been hurt. I've been offended. I've been, uh, I've lost my joy. I've lost my peace. I've, and he came to himself. I, I want to urge you today, if I could be so bold, to come to yourself. To be present in the moment and recognize where you're at. Sometimes it's necessary for us to take inventory of where we are. I think sometimes as believers we, we get caught up, especially in the rat race of life. We get caught up in, in all that's going on, the spinnings of the world. And we forget where we are. We forget what's happening. You know, one of the things that came to a screeching halt for DJ, and, and I, I don't mean to keep referencing back, um, but, it, but, but it, it, it bears repeating. 
when you're sitting in an ICU bed after a cardiac arrest, things tend to come to a screeching halt. Why am I here? <laughs> Why do I have tubes coming out of my mouth? Why is everybody poking and prodding me? Why am I in ICU? Everything comes to a screeching halt. Why am I here? He had a moment of coming to us. Why am I here? And the response was, if one person comes to know Christ through this, then it's worth it all. Screeching halt. Sometimes we get so caught up in life that we forget where we are and we need to pause and come to ourselves and say, what's going on? What's really happening? And so he came to himself. And his response was, my father's hired servants have more than enough to spare. I'm, I'm out here with the pigs. I'm eating pig slop. What I thought was going to satisfy me. What I thought was going to bring me pleasure. What I thought was going to bring me delight. What I thought hasn't worked. But now as I've come to myself, I've realized, remember back in daddy's house. Remember back in father's house. <laughs> even the servants, even the hired hands had more than enough to spare. They had extra. There was abundance in my father's house. So he gets up and he goes back and we know the story and in verse 22 here's where our pick up in Luke chapter 15 verse 22 but the father said to his servants bring out the best robe and put it on him don't make him put it on don't just bring out the second best don't 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 bring out cousin Yaya's I want you to bring out the best don't bring out Boudreaux's, bring out, bring out the best robe. It, it, I want it fresh off the, off the uh, you know, what do you call those, sewing machine. I want it fresh. I want the best. And don't just make him put it on. I want you to put it on him. Bring out the best robe. And put a ring on his hand. And sandals on his feet. Verse 23, and bring the fatted calf. Don't just bring last night's leftovers. We're going to have a party. And everybody's invited. So bring out the fatted calf. Bring out the, bring out the cow that's ready. We're going to have some steak tonight, baby. We're going to have some fun. We're going to celebrate. Let us eat and be merry. Why? Verse 24, because my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And I love this. I love this. You, could, you need to highlight this. It says, and they began to be merry. You see, your joy in God was never intended to stop. They began to be merry. It was just the beginning. 
when you come home, when you step into the Father's house, there's a reality of, of what was and what is. Oh, oh, the mess that I was in, the, the yuck and the, the muck and the, and the pig slop, and I recognize what I was in. But now that I'm back in my Father's house, my joy doesn't stop. Your joy has to be maintained. Talking about my Father's house, there, I, I, wanna, I wanna just dive in here. What is my father's house like? We talk about being in my father's house. We sang about my father's house. What, what is his house like after all? It's a place of overflowing joy. He came out. He was delighted. He was celebrating. He said, let us eat and be merry. There was great joy in the father's house. There was great joy in the father's house. That means that you and I, as his children can step in to the delight of our Father's house. If, you're, if your life seems discouraged, if your life is, is full of worry and fear, the joy of the Lord can fill your life. It's in, his, it's in my Father's house. Oh yeah, it's in my Father's house where I find the joy and the delight of this life. It's in my Father's house where I find the pleasure that I've been looking for. In Psalm 1611, it says that you will make known to me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. Everybody say that. Fullness of joy. Yeah, say it again. Fullness of joy. In His presence is fullness in His presence is fullness. Do you hear that this morning? In His presence is fullness of joy. Not just a chuckle. You know, Jonathan's been doing this thing where he's making himself laugh. Ha, ha, ha. You know, he's just trying to make... You're not... In His presence, you don't have to fake laugh it. In His presence, there's fullness. Fullness. Abundance. Overflowing. Copious. Joy for your life. He can fill every part of your being. He'll fill every part of your mind. He'll fill every part of your soul. He'll fill every part of your emotions with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. In your right hand, Psalm 1611 says, in your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. He's calling you in to know His joy. To to know it not just by a knowledge, but knowing it by experience. Have you experienced the joy of the Lord? <laughs> Have you experienced the delight of God? The Bible says that He fills our mouths with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. He wants to fill your life with abundant joy. He wants him in his right hand. He's handing out right now in the Father's house. He's handing out pleasures evermore. You don't have to go find pleasure in this world. You don't have to go find pleasure in this life. Our Father's handing it out freely. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. I said you don't have to try to go find pleasure somewhere in this life. Our Father is handing it out freely. Just come to Him and drink. Just come to Him and feast on the eternal Word. Just come to Him. Just in my Father's house, there's abundant joy. There's overflowing joy. <laughs> and Isaiah 35, it says, and the ransomed. Are there any ransomed people here today? And the ransomed of the Lord shall return 
and they'll come to Zion with singing and everlasting joy on their heads. <laughs> that's a funny, that's a funny saying. And joy will be on your heads. You know what they put on your heads? What did, what, what did they pour out on, on the heads? Oil. Where's that oil? They used to take the oil. Maybe the camera people will catch up with me. They used to take the oil and pour out the oil. And so they'd have oil on their heads. Do you follow? And the, and the ransomed of the Lord shall come to Zion. And what's he going to do? He anoints my head with oil. What does he say? He anoints my head with oil and my what? My cup overflows. I'm talking about abundant joy, overflowing joy. Lord, just pour out the oil of joy for mourning. Isaiah says that he's given you the oil of joy for mourning. Say that with me. He's given me the oil of joy for mourning. Now you don't need to be grumpy and discouraged. No, in my Father's house, there's overflowing joy. The ransom of the Lord will return with singing, and everlasting joy shall be on their heads. And they shall obtain, what? Joy and gladness. In my Father's house joy and gladness. Not only in my Father's house is there overflowing joy. Some of you need, just lift your hands right where you're at. This is, this is a good time just to receive. Let the oil of His joy just pour out on, on your... Yeah, just, Lord, pour out your oil of joy on me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, would you, would you saturate... Lord, would you pour out, Lord, in, in my Father's house, there's overflowing joy. There's overflowing delight. You've given me gladness instead of sorrow. You've given me joy instead of sighing. You've lifted. You're the lifter of my head. You wipe every tear from our eye. You fill our lives with abundant joy. In my Father's house, there's overflowing joy. And there's intoxicating love. In my father's house. In Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, it says, He brought me to the banqueting house. That word banqueting house is a bad translation. In the Hebrew, it actually means the house of wine or the place of intoxication. He brought me to his house of intoxicating love is what this verse means. He says, he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love. He brought me to the place of intoxicating love. When's the last time you have found yourself intoxicated on the love of God? Yeah, it reminds me in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. There was 120 disciples. They were, they were all sitting in an upper room. They were all waiting. They were all in one accord praying and waiting. And the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And tongues of 
fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And those around them saw the mess and heard the noise and said, these men must be drunk. And Peter stood up and said, these men, these women, these, 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 <laughs> these 120, they are not drunk. But this, <laughs> this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. <laughs> this is that. This is what Joel prophesied. This, this intoxicating mess is what Joel spoke about. That God was going to pour out. He, he was going to immerse us in his spirit of love. That this intoxicating person of love would come. And what you hear is the words of intimacy. It's the words of worship between his people and God. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a love language. It's, a, it's, it's an expression of, of God in man. It's the, it's the abundance of his love being poured out on man. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so. <laughs> so, have a drink of his intoxicating love. In my father's house, <laughs> there's love. There's love for you. There's love for you. There's an abundance of love for you. It, it's a love. You know, his, his intoxicating love will take you past all your hurts and all your hang-ups. You know, when you, when you get filled with his love, all, all the other stuff doesn't matter anymore. When, when, when you're intoxicated, I'm not talking about alcoholic beverages. I'm talking about I don't need alcoholic beverages when I've got his love. I mean, it's, it's better. It's better than wine. It's better than any, anything else. I, I just have a drink. And all the other things don't seem to matter as much anymore. Because <laughs> his love is filling me. <laughs> Yeah, I feel his love right now in my father's house. You know, there's coming a day. <laughs> Ooh, there's coming a day where I, I, I will step in to the place of permanent, perfect love. In this life, I experience it almost like, almost, almost, um, <laughs> you know it's intoxicating, but 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 I, I experience it almost as as it's filtered in in this natural life. It you know it, it's it has human sin and issues, and you know so I, I don't I don't experience his love as as real as I will on that day. I, I oh it's oh it's it's real. Don't get me wrong, it's real and it's tangible. It, it's it's intoxicating. It's overflowing. It's abounding. It's it's an ocean depth. But but there's coming a day where I'll step into heaven, into the world of love. If God is love, I love 
what Edward says about this. If, if, if God is love and heaven is his abode, then it must be the presence chamber of his love. It must be unadulterated. It must be pure love. <laughs> Here's what Edward says. He says, but, but heaven is his dwelling place above all other places in the universe. And all those places in which he was said to dwell of old were but types of this. Heaven is a part of creation that God has built for this end to be the place of his glorious presence and it is his abode forever. And here he will dwell and gloriously manifest himself to all eternity. And this renders heaven a world of love for God is the fountain of love. And as the sun is the fountain of light and therefore the glorious presence of God in heaven fills heaven with love as the sun placed in the midst of the visible heavens in a clear day, fills the world with light. The apostle tells us that God is love. And therefore, seeing he is an infinite being, it follows that he is an infinite fountain of love. Seeing he is an all-sufficient being, it follows that he is a full and overflowing and inexhaustible fountain of love. And in that he is an unchangeable and eternal being, he is an unchangeable and eternal fountain of love. There, even in heaven, dwells the God from whom every stream of holy love, yea, every drop that is or ever was, proceeds. There dwells God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit united as one, in infinitely dear and incomprehensible and mutual eternal love. There dwells God the Father, who is the Father of mercies, and so the Father of love, who so loved the world as to give his only begotten Son to die for it. There dwells Christ, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace and of love, who so loved the world that he shed his blood and poured out his soul unto death for men. There dwells the great Mediator, through whom all the divine love is expressed toward men, and by whom the fruits of that love have been purchased, and through whom they are communicated, and through whom love is imparted to the hearts of all God's people. There dwells Christ in both his natures, the human and the divine, sitting on the same throne with the Father. And there dwells the Holy Spirit, the spirit of divine love, and whom the very essence of God, as it were, flows out and is breathed forth in love, and by whose immediate influence all holy love is shed abroad in the hearts of all the saints on earth and in heaven. There in heaven, this infinite fountain of love, this eternal three-in-one, is set open without any obstacle to hinder access to it as it flows forever. There this glorious God is manifested and shines forth in full glory and beams of love. And there this glorious fountain forever flows in streams, yea, even rivers of love and delight. And these rivers swell, as it were, to an ocean of love in which the souls of the ransom may bathe with the sweetest enjoyment and their hearts, as it were, be deluged with love. Yeah, there is a river that's flowing right now from the throne of God. It's the it is the it's the river of life it's the river it's the abundance of his love that's flowing from the throne 
is flowing right now. That, that river divine, that river of his love is flowing right now. My Father's house, place of intoxicating love, and it's a place of divine rest. The Father said to put shoes on his son, bring him shoes. The shoes, it was a sign of freedom. He was no longer, he was no longer a servant. He was changing occupations that day. He was going from being a hired hand, eating pig slop, to now having shoes, the Bible says, of the gospel of peace. He, was, he, he had been given shoes of peace, no longer working as a servant without shoes, but given peace that he could walk in. Our Father's house is a place of divine rest. In Exodus, in Exodus 33, verse 14, he says, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. In the presence of the Lord, there's rest. It means to settle, to quiet down, to lay down. That word rest in the Hebrew is that he's, he's laying you down, giving you rest. Reminds me of Psalms 23, that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He gives me rest. He brings rest to your mind. You don't have to be plagued by the torments of this life. You don't have to be tormented by your past. You don't have to carry the weights of yesterday. You don't have to try to prove yourself. You don't have to try to earn his love or his affection. He brings you into rest. He brings you into the place of his rest. Hebrews tells us to strive to enter this place. This is where our work is to be found, to be working, to be in the rest of God. That we operate, we live, we breathe, we function from the place of rest in God. Our witness is from a place of rest in God. Our life is a place of rest in God. We, we live, we breathe, everything that we do operates from a place of resting in Him. I'm secure when I rest in Him. I'm at peace when I'm resting in Him. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Everything is in order when I rest in Him. It's when I try to do it on my own strength. It's when I try to prove or earn Him, earn His love, earn His affection, get His blessing. It's when I'm earning something that I find that things get disjointed and it becomes all about my effort and my works. But when I step in to a place of rest, it's Him working in me, both the will and the do. It's Him working in me, the grace to accomplish what He set my feet to do. I'm walking in peace. I'm walking in His rest as I work and do His, His bidding. Do you hear me this morning? I'm called to walk in His rest. It's when, it's when you take the shoes of peace off that you recognize all of a sudden there's rocks and gravel and hardship along the way. It's when you take your shoes of peace off that you find the thorns and the thistles along the way. But when I'm wearing my father's shoes of peace, <laughs> I can find myself at rest.
Not only did he, did he clothe him with some shoes, not only did he put shoes of peace on his feet, the father said, come on and bring the best robe. Bring the, bring the best robe and put it on him. He clothes me with his righteousness. He clothes me with his glory. He brings out the best robe and places his glory, his copious glory on my life. He wraps me in his robes of righteousness. He wraps me in his robes of glory. He takes off the garments of the servant. He takes off the muddied garments, the rags that I was wearing, and he wraps me with his robe of righteousness. He gives me peace and he clothes me with glory. I didn't deserve to be clothed with his glory, but, but when I come to my father's house, when I, when I come to the father's house, I have to have the right attire. I'm not talking about wearing a suit to church. I'm talking about I've got to have the right garments to enter the wedding party. You remember the, the story of the wedding feast, and they had to get the right garments to enter the wedding feast. There was a feast that had been prepared. The fatted calf had been killed. The celebration was happening, but they had to have the right robe to get in. And it's not the robes of your works and your righteousness. It's the robes of the glory of God. In my Father's house is abundance of glory. In Psalms 36, it says they are abundantly, everybody say abundantly. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. Are you abundantly satisfied? The, the, the son said that even the hired hands even the hired hands have leftovers. There's an abundance in my Father's house for you. And He gives you drink from the river of pleasure. Happy is the soul that can drink in the sumptuous dainties of the gospel. Nothing can so completely fill the soul. Are you finding your happiness and drinking and feasting on the abundance of the Lord today? In Ephesians 1, it tells us that God has lavished His grace upon us. He's abundantly poured out His grace upon us. In my Father's house. Worship team, y'all can come back. In my Father's house. In my Father's house. In my Father's house. Why don't you stand with me this morning? In my Father's house. There's joy. There's overflowing joy. There's intoxicating love. There's, there's rest for your soul. There's rest for your mind. There's a garment of praise with your name on it. There's a garment of righteousness, a garment of glory. I think back to Solomon's temple. Remember the dedication of Solomon's temple. As they were dedicating the temple, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. 
the, the weighty, the, the kavod, the weighty, weighty, heavy glory of the Lord came, the cloud, and clothed them. They were clothed with the glory of the Lord. They were clothed with the copiousness, the heaviness, the overflowing. It's the abundance. If you go and study it, it's the, the abundance of the goodness of God, the glory, the heavy. They were clothed with it. Reminds me about Jesus in, in Luke 24, where Jesus said, Don't leave Jerusalem until you're clothed, until you're endued, until you're clothed with power from on high. There was a, there was a cloud that came in the Old Testament and, and it settled on the temple. But now you and I have a fire of His glory, a clothing of His glory in the Holy Ghost. He clothes us with power from on high. He clothes us with the glory, the copiousness of God, the, the abundance of God. The Holy Ghost covers us 